This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley but joining me is of course the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show and that is Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, hello. Hello. We are a a little bit giggly at the moment listeners because this must be about the sixth attempt this evening that poor Dave and I have had in trying to record the previous show. We've had a few technical issues tonight. So, um, but we are here. We've managed to get some form of recording, which is obviously a big relief. Um, so, Dave, we are, of course, fresh off um, a fantastic run of form for the Clarets. We've had, obviously, Wednesday's uh, victory against Spurs and a much-needed point away um, at Palace. I thought that was a fantastic result to um, away down at Sellers Park. Uh, it was, yeah, in, in the context of the previous results and also maybe a slightly disappointing first half when we weren't quite on it. But, mm. uh, yeah, to come back, score straight after half-time and end up with a point was a, a good point in the end. And seven points out of nine and also uh, nine points in six games in February made it a fantastic February, I thought. Yeah, it did. Suddenly the, the landscape's looking a little bit brighter, dare I say. I mean, I think after that Newcastle game, I'd kind of got us dead and buried. I couldn't see how we were going to get out of this. And then suddenly we're starting to look like we can very much catch some of our competitors. It's uh, it's looking a little bit more positive. It certainly is, yeah. I mean, you look at the uh, the likes of Brentford are on a really, really uh, mm. disappointing run at the moment. Disappointing for them. Um, Leeds shipping goals for fun. They considered 20 goals in February and obviously uh, their manager's uh, gone now as well. So, um, yeah, other teams around us in a little bit more trouble and we're on the on the up, it seems. Yeah, definitely. Well, you've been um, playing roving reporter this afternoon and you've been trying to get some opinion from our loyal fan base, shall we say, as to what our likelihood is now of, of, of surviving. Tell us what you've been up to. Uh, well, yeah, I just, just thought that perhaps there was a little bit of uh, despondency going back uh, just after Christmas into January, a few disappointing results. And even when we were playing a little bit better, we weren't getting the points. Uh, so I thought I would try a little poll amongst our team and also widen it out as well to the uh, 
no-nay-never listener base and see what people thought. So the question was, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, how confident are you that Burnley will survive this season? Where 1 is... Well, zero is you're not. We're not going to survive, and ten we definitely are. So we had uh, an interesting range of responses. Mm. I think from the no near never team, we had um, a couple of. Well, we had a five. Uh, we had a couple of uh, three sixes and two sevens. Um, I didn't give mine, so I'll, I'll give mine as well. I'm I'm a little bit higher than that. I'm, I'm thinking maybe seven and a half, maybe even pushing on to eight. Yeah. Um, I, maybe I didn't go as low. A month ago, as as others, maybe I was maybe getting towards a six. I still still thought we would, but I was getting towards a six. But I think everyone's kind of maybe gone up a point or two in there, and uh, we're still waiting for responses to come through. So maybe when we do the um, analysis show, um, maybe we'll get, get it collate that. I'll collate some information and uh, and see what the the general consensus is. Yeah, I think I was I was pretty similar to you actually, Dave. Did I, I did I say seven? I think I did, didn't I? Yeah, that's you a did. seven. Yeah, and you know what? It's interesting that you put that poll in the field right now because asking me that question, like you say, in January, and I'm a hundred percent like one zero. Um, but yeah, things have things have definitely started started to look up, which is really good stuff. So anyway, we will have a look at that in the analysis show um, and see what the overall opinion was. But before we get any further, we have, of course, a quiz question which we need to get back to. Now, before we uh, when we were at the last preview show, which was obviously looking ahead to that game away at Palace, we asked you. How many headed goals has Ben Mee scored for Burnley and how many of them were scored at, scored at Turf Moor? Obviously, a bit of a fan favourite here at the preview show. We do like a Ben Mee header. So, Dave, what was the answer and did we get any correct submissions? Uh, well, yeah, Ben Mee has scored a total of 12 goals for Burnley. Uh, but in terms of the question we set, 11 of them were headers. Um, and six of those were scored at Turf Moor. In- incidentally, three were scored at the cricket field end and three at the B-hole end. Uh, the only goal Ben May hasn't scored with his head, at the right end of the pitch anyway, uh, was against his former club, Manchester City, in January 2017. Uh, that was uh, an away game, uh, and a corner led to a melee in the goal mouth and ended with Ben Mee's shot, striking the underside of the crossbar and bouncing down and being confirmed as over the line by the goal line technology. Um, interestingly, Ben Mee has also scored three of his 11 headed goals against the team we played last weekend, which was Crystal Palace. Ah, good stuff. Who got it right then, anybody? Uh, yeah, you only got two out of three for last week's quiz question, but our quizzer of the week, I think, for this week is Bryn Jones. Uh, got Ooh. in touch um, by email and was spot on this time with 11 and 6. Uh, but there's an honourable mention for Adam Popemaster Dennett, who also got the first part right with 11, but was just one out with the Turf Moor goals as he guessed uh, five instead of six. Good stuff. Well, we're going to be setting you another quiz question later on in the show. You don't really have to wait very long. You just need to hang around. Uh, so stay, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. And we will let you have this quiz question when we see you at the end of this episode. Premier League head to head. But let's move on, Dave, to the reason why we are here. And that is, of course, another game to preview. It's another rearranged fixture, another game that was not to be during the uh, COVID outbreak down at Christmas. It's Leicester City. It's a home tie. 
Tuesday the 1st of March. It's a 7.45 kickoff, not televised anywhere live in the UK. Dave, kick us off with the history of this fixture, please. Yeah, well, Leicester City, they were promoted from League One to the Championship in the same season that we earned our first promotion to the Premier League by the playoffs in 2009. So although our paths met back in the Championship for four seasons between 2010 and 2014, it wasn't until the 2014-15 season that we saw the first Premier League meeting between the two teams. Um, Although, of course, we were promoted together. They went up as uh, champions in 2013-14 and we were runners-up. And obviously, going way back, there have been many matches in the old first division before then. Um, Going back to that 2014-15 season, though, uh, the match at Turf Moor took place towards the end of April and the visitors came out on top after Matt Taylor's penalty miss was followed by a goal from Jamie Vardy at the other end within 60 seconds. Uh, If Leicester's survival that season, after being rock bottom, was unlikely, then the following season was a fairy tale, as they beat all comers to become champions of England. Of course, Burnley spent that season back in the Championship before being promoted as Championship winners at the first attempt. But it might have been very different had it not been for that Matt Taylor penalty miss. Mm. Uh, When our paths met again in the 2016-17 season, we beat the reigning champions 1-0 at Turf Moor in January 2017, thanks to a late winner from Sam Vokes. Yay! And the following season, (laughs) 2017-18, saw another Burnley home victory as we struck twice in the first 10 minutes through Chris Wood and Kevin Long and eventually won the game 2-1. That was in January 2018. Uh, The match in March 2019 ended in a Burnley defeat as the visitors won 2-1. But there was another very eventful game in January 2020. Uh, You can hear more about that shortly as it's going to be the focus of our memory match. So that just leaves a corresponding fixture from last season, which was a 1-1 draw from March 2021 as Matty Vidra's early opener was cancelled out by Kelechi Iheanacho's goal in a match that was played behind closed doors. Ah, good stuff. Uh, quick bone to pick with you then, please, Dave. I, um, You mentioned Sam Vokes, and I don't appear to have any sort of graphic of Sam in here. So, no. Just, no, just, just a quick pick up there. I, I thought I'd surprise you. <laughs> well, this is it. Memory match! Um, right, where am I? See, I'm getting sidetracked by, where are we? Memory match. Uh, no, Premier League... Yes, memory match. So we are going to go on to memory match now, aren't we? What What is this surprise that you're going to leave for us, Dave? Uh, well, we did mention there'd been another memorable win for Burnley in recent seasons, uh, and that was a match which took place in the pre-pandemic times of January 2020, which, despite being just over two years ago, also seems like a lifetime ago, considering what's happened since then. Mm. Um, after 33 minutes, the visitors took the lead through Burnley-born Harvey Barnes, who is the son of former Burnley striker Paul Barnes, who played for both clubs. Incidentally, Paul Barnes is due to be a guest of the Burnley Former Players Association at the match on Tuesday evening. Um, into the second half, and Chris Wood levelled the scores after 56 minutes. But it looked like all the good work had been undone when Ben Mee brought down Harvey Barnes in the box and a spot kick was awarded in the 68th minute. However, Nick Pope pulled off a fantastic penalty save from Jamie Vardy and the icing on the cake for the Burnley fans came in the 79th minute as Ashley Westwood's shot found the net to seal the win and earn us three valuable points. Uh, Recent matches between the two teams at Turf Moor have tended to be close affairs and after a very productive February, let's hope that our good run of form continues into March and the fine margins go in Burnley's favour again this Tuesday evening. 
Definitely. Gosh, what we wouldn't give for a win there, Dave. On this day! Um, what about on this day then? What's happened um, in previous years on this particular date? Yeah, looking back at the past matches on the 1st of March, there is some symmetry as there have been seven wins, seven draws and seven defeats. Uh, sometimes results come out of the blue and can change the course of a season. And that was certainly the case back in 1890. Burnley had lost 14 and drawn three of the previous league games that season. Uh, thankfully, there was no uh, social media to uh, amplify that back in uh, 1890. Uh, but a 7-0 home win over Bolton Wanderers helped uh, by a Claude Lambie hat-trick started a run of four consecutive wins and followed by a draw in the reverse fixture against Bolton in the final match. Um, although there was no automatic relegation and we still finished 11 out of 12 teams, it perhaps helped our chance to re-election. Poor Stoke, who finished below us, were not re-elected. However, after that emphatic victory, we failed to win any of our next seven games we played on the 1st of March. That was between 1892 and 1958. During that time, we lost four games and drew three, although one of those draws was against Middlesbrough in the FA Cup sixth round in 1947. And we did go on to win the replay and eventually reach the final before losing an extra time at Wembley to Charlton Athletic. Uh, skipping ahead to the 1960s, we won our only two 1st of March games of that decade. Uh, the first was a vital 2-0 home win. That was over Spurs in 1960, with second-half goals from Ray Pointer and John Kennelly. And we also beat Nottingham Forest 3-1 at Turf Moor in 1969. Uh, that was helped by a second-half brace from Martin Dobson. The only match on this date in the 1970s was a 3-0 away win against Coventry City at Highfield Road. Uh, that was the feature game on the BBC's Match of the Day programme. Uh, we remained unbeaten on the 1st of March during the 1980s as 1-1 draws at home to Preston and Peterborough in 1980 and 1986 respectively were followed by a 1-0 away win at Crewe Alexandra in 1988. There followed a couple of away defeats against Cardiff City at Ninian Park in 1991 and then again in 1994, before a goalless draw at Wrexham in 1997. Uh, before this week, we have played just four times on the 1st of March since the year 2000. In 2003, the only goal of the game was a screamer from Dean West at Stoke, and in 2005, we were unfortunate to be knocked out of the FA Cup in a replay at Ewood Park through a late Pedersen goal. Uh, we then drew 2-2 at home to Watford in 2008, and the most recent game was a 2-0 home win over Derby County, with goals from David Jones and Dean Marnie. That was eight years ago in 2014. Uh, so to summarise, our overall record for the 1st of March is played 21, won 7, drawn 7, lost 7, with 29 goals for and 26 against. Good stuff. Stat Man Dave's Stat of the Week. Um, it seems to appear on my little show notes here, Dave, that we're sticking a stat in the week here before we get to the present. What's going on here? Uh, yeah, well, just mix it around. Let's uh, change it around and uh, keep everyone on the toes. Yes, let's have staff of the week now, shall we? Including me. Well, Dave, you like to treat our listeners doubly this week. This week, Why don't you dive into those, delve even into those pockets of yours and give our listeners a premature, shall we say, miscellaneous stat of the week? 
Uh, yeah, it relates to Burnley captain uh, Ben Mee. He reached another milestone this week when he played his 350th league game for the club in the 1-1 draw on Saturday. Uh, there are now only 10 players ahead of him for all-time Burnley FC league appearances. Those players are in reverse order. George Waterfield, Brian Miller, Fred Barron, Martin Dobson, Jimmy Adamson, Tommy Cummings, Alan Stevenson, Jimmy McElroy, John Angus, and leading the way with an incredible 522 league appearances is Jerry Dawson. Uh, the gap between Ben Mee in 11th and George Waterfield in 10th is 21 games. So Ben would need to extend his current contract, which is due to come to an end at the end of this season, if he's going to have any chance of moving upwards in the list. But I'm sure that every Burnley supporter will be hoping that an agreement is made between club and player to extend what has been a very productive spell for at least one more season, and hopefully more. Good stuff. Scouting report! Right, well, that's looking back at the history of this fixture, Dave, so why don't you bring us bang up to date and give us the present, starting with our scouting report. Yeah, well, when we played the reverse fixture, which ended 2-2 back in September, we told you about the Foxes' summer signings. Uh, they included uh, Adimola Luckman on loan, as well as Ryan Bertrand, Patson Dacker, uh, Bubakari Samare and Yannick Vestergaard. Uh, during the recent January transfer window, there were no further incomings. And since their surprise 1-0 home win over Liverpool in their last match of 2021, Leicester City are yet to win a Premier League game in 2022, after losing three and drawing two of their five league games so far in this calendar year. However, they did beat Watford in the FA Cup before going out to Nottingham Forest, and they have won both of their uh, European Conference League games since the turn of the year. Uh, back to the Premier League, though, and although uh, Brendan Rodgers' side are currently in 13th place on 27 points, uh, that's six points ahead of Burnley, they do have a game in hand. Uh, they've only won twice away in the league so far this season, with victories at Norwich City and Brentford. Uh, Brendan Rodgers has utilised a variety of formations so far this season, and although he has occasionally gone with three at the back, it's been much more common for them to play with a back four. And their last three games have all seen them use a 4-3-3 formation. Leicester City's current injury list includes Johnny Evans, Timothy Castagna, uh, Wesley Fafana and Ryan Bertrand, all of whom have longer-term injuries. Uh, both Jamie Vardy and James Justin, who have both been out with thigh injuries, may be in contention for Tuesday evening. Uh, Jamie Vardy is the Foxes' top scorer in league games with nine, but James Madison and Yuri Tillemont have both scored six goals each. Uh, they're also our visitors' top scoring players in this season's Fantasy Premier League, although the order's slightly different. James Madison is top with 100 points, uh, Tillemont is second with 86, and Jamie Vardy third with 79. Uh, they are followed by goalkeeper Kasper Schmeichel with 69 points and Harvey Barnes with 65. Good stuff. Well, you've heard our thoughts about our visitors, but for balance, would you like to bring you the thoughts of our opposition fans as well? This week, we spoke to the Foxes Arms, who've provided us with the opposition view. Opposition view. All right, everyone at No Day Never, how the devil are you? Jamie here from Leicester Fan TV, looking ahead towards our trip to Turf Moor against you guys. Brendan Rodgers, it hasn't gone well for him at the minute. We're struggling to pick up any form. We haven't won in the last six games since December the 28th against uh, Liverpool 1-0, which was a lucky 1-0 win. Uh, we're not playing the best of form. If Rodgers doesn't book his eyes, uh, his ideas up, it's going to be tough for him to keep his job, even though he's been backed by the board. I personally have had enough of Brendan. 
And I think his time's done. He's taken them as far as he's gone. Um, for the rest of the season, what do I expect for the rest of the season? Hopefully a lot bloody better than what we've had just at the minute. Our form is useless. We're, we're struggling. We're still conceding goals. We're not scoring many. Um, it's tough. We've just got through to the, the last 16 of the, let me get this right, Europa Conference League, the third competition in Europe. We've got Rennes in a couple of weeks. Hopefully we don't concentrate too much on that because now we're in a dogfight for relegation. At the minute, we need about another three, four more wins to keep a season going in the league, to keep a season going, sorry, to stay up because me personally, I think we're in a dogfight, but there's a lot of blue-tinted glasses wearers think we're not in a relegation battle, but I really think we're in a relegation battle and we seriously need to get three points from you boys on Tuesday night, uh, which I think will be very difficult because Burnley at Turf Moor on a wet and windy Tuesday night in March, blimey, they kick you, they bite you, they fight. They're... Not literally, but it's how you expect Burnley to play against you. Sean Dyche has got that team working well at the minute. That's the way I think the... what will come up against it. Burnley are playing well, getting seven points from nine over the last three games. Absolutely brilliant from you. How do we see the team lining up? I think we'll play a 4-3-3. I don't think Vardy will be fit enough yet. I think he'll be on the bench. Um, so I think we'll go with Casper and goal as normal. Ricky P, Luke Thomas. I think we've had a problem with centre-halves this year. Everyone seems to be getting injured. injured. Vestergaard, hopefully, touch wood, touching my head as, as I say that, uh, Vestergaard won't be playing. We'll see Soyunku and Amati as the two centre-backs. Wilf as the holding midfielder. Madison and Tillemans as the two attacking midfielders. And then you'll have Luckman and Barnes either side. With I think it'd be Dakar. I don't think it'd be Nacho. I think it'd be Dakar. I'd much prefer two up top, a bit old school. But uh, two up top for me would be nice. But I don't think it would be two up top. It's more than likely be Dakar on his own with Luckman and Barnes, who are having two good seasons, even though Barnes has been injured a bit, who's come back from injury, who's the son of Paul Barnes that used to play for you. Um. That's why I think we'll line up a 4-3-3. Anything I've got to look out to from the Burnley team? I can't pronounce his name, but the new striker you've got, Warghurst or whatever his name is, he looks like he's a bit of a lump upfield, a bit of the old school kind of centre-half. And if he plays, if you play to his, his height, he looks pretty dangerous in the air. So hopefully Soyunku and Amati will be able to counteract that. As for the score prediction... I seriously want a win. I really want to win, but I don't think we will get a win. I'm going for my old favourite, uh, Desmond, an old two-all draw. I really hope it's not a two-all draw. I want to win, but I think we'll come away from a two-all draw just because it's against Burnley. And if you can't win, do not lose. With having dirty leads on Saturday, hopefully we'll get a, point, uh, a win against them. Four points from two games will be absolutely brilliant. Like I say, I want to win, but I honestly think it'd be too all. Cheers for listening to me waffle on about Leicester. It's been much appreciated. Hopefully the game goes ahead, unlike the last one, which COVID, which it looks like it will do. So hopefully I shall see you soon. Ciao, ciao. Adios. Goodbye. Top of the morning to you. Bye-bye now. Okay, referee watch then, please, Dave. Who's going to be the man in the middle? 
Uh, man of the moment, yes, we've got Chris Kavanagh of Manchester. He's, he's going to be in charge of the game at Turf Moor on Tuesday evening. Um, he's been in the news recently. He was the video assistant referee for the game between Everton and Manchester City on Saturday. And quite how he decided not to award Everton a penalty for what oh looked like God. a cast-iron handball from Manchester City's Rodri, only he knows. Um, he's only two Burnley games so far this season have both ended as 2-2 draws. Uh, they were the games at Southampton in October. And before that, the reverse fixture against Leicester in September. Uh, Burnley have won four, drawn six and lost four of his previous 14 games in charge, starting with a 3-1 away win at Brentford in January 2016, which was the only Burnley game he refereed in the Championship. The other 15 have all been in the Premier League. Uh, there's been just one dismissal in those 16 games, and that was an opposition player, namely Everton's Ashley Williams. Uh, and finally for this section, Lee Mason will be the video assistant referee. Uh, we should perhaps be thankful that it isn't the opposite way around. Yeah, definitely. That uh, that penalty decision. I mean, it's difficult really because as a Burnley fan, we, we, when obviously Everton are down there at the moment and struggling, you kind of feel like you, want, you didn't want that to be given. But for the sake of football and fairness and just the competition, you just look at it and I think I, I genuinely don't know how that wasn't given. Um, so how are you feeling about the game, uh, Dave? I'm feeling strangely quite positive about our chances on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, we're on a reasonable run, as we've said already, and uh, Leicester aren't in the best vein of form themselves. They've obviously struggled for uh, results in the Premier League so far this season and struggled away from home. So on, on paper, it should be a, an, an easier game than some of the other ones we've had, but as we know, it doesn't always work that way. Uh, we've had the likes of, um, uh, well, the last three, haven't we? The uh, home games, we've had the likes of Spurs and we've had uh, Liverpool and Manchester United. Been really tough games and got um, got four points out of those three games, which is a decent return. Um, and we've they have been tight games in the past. We've looked back at those previous games. They've not been uh, one-sided against Leicester. They've all sort of had a goal either way and just the one draw. So, um it's probably going to be tougher than we think. It's probably not going to be a game that we're going to win two or three nil, I don't think. Um, I think it's going to be another tight one, but I think Burnley perhaps are going to have enough uh, to edge it and I'm going to predict a, a Burnley win. Excellent. I love this positive, Dave. Um, more importantly, in terms of weather watch, have you seen the weather reports for, for Tuesday? It's looking no. like for the first time in a, what feels like 456 years that we're actually going to not be drowned in the rain at Turf Moor. It looks like it's going to be clear. I'm not sure Veghurst knows how to play anything other than the deluge of rain. It's going to be it's going to be quite a spectacle, I can tell you that. Um, well, I'm also going to predict a win, Dave. I think that the Clarets are riding on the crest of a wave at the moment. I think there's some really good performances at the moment and confidence in the team is high. Um, I'm going to say we're going to win 2-0. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. I'm going to say uh, Ben Me... No, I'm not allowed to say Ben Meheader. I'm not allowed to say that. I'm going to say uh, Veghorst and Lennon again. Lennon's on form. Let, let's let's do that. And Lennon. Well, um, listeners, you know the drill by now. We want to know your score predictions, please. We want to score. Scorers and how they scored, please. You can tweet us at None and Ever. You can put a comment on our Facebook page or you can email us at previewshow at noneandever.net. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, Dave, we should have, if my calculations are correct, a bumper FPL update to give our listeners. 
We do indeed, yes. We, for the last twice we haven't been able to uh, give updates, but um, although we're in the middle of a game week, we can give the results now from the last game week. I remember to take a snapshot of the tables oh, before the um, the games started on Friday. Well done. We'll take it away then. What's going on? Right, yes. Well, first of all, in the main league table, I'm going to run down the top 10, as it's been a little while since we did that, and also for the fact that uh, game week 26 made a very significant impact on the placings. So I'm going to give you our top 10 in reverse order. Um, In 10th place uh, was the leader, I think, last time we did an update. That was Joe Elliott. Um, Had a little bit of a a, a dip and uh, is in 10th place now. A bit of a movement there. Um, In 9th place is Jack Toner. Um, All very close here. Not many points in between these, so that's uh, still a lot to play for. Uh, Jaden Fitton is in 8th place. Uh, Tall Paul in 7th. Brody Robinson, one of our managers of the month already this season, is a non-mover in 6th place. Uh, Chris Stanworth is a climber to 5th. Chris Horner is up to fourth place. Um, Ursay is up to third. Jacob Sapwell is in second. And another climber up the top. First time, uh, certainly for a while, got a change at the top is uh, Luke Lambert. Luke Lambert's on 1,733 points. That's 10 points ahead of Jacob Sapwell in second place. And would you like to hear the uh, update on February's manager Oof. of the month as well? I, I certainly would. I'm not entirely sure I can deal with all of this drama. That, the, the landscape of that that table, Dave, looks completely different. But yes, let's let's not stop there. Let's get overexcited and give us our uh, manager of the month competition as well, please. Yeah, well, it's close. Obviously, yeah, this week, uh, well, the the remainder of the games for uh, for this week will include uh, in February as well. So we'll have to wait until we do the. Chelsea preview to give you the final standings, but with with a few games left to play, uh, well, including the weekend's games, of, of course, uh, we have uh, in sixth place Josh Cooper, uh, fifth place Patrick Hallinan, uh, fourth is Dan Statham, third is Chris Stanworth, we've got Ursay in second, and Jens Turfing is the leader on 318 points, a lead of six points. So certainly no guarantee that's going to stay, but uh, we'll see how that pans out with the rest of the games from game week 27. Definitely. Well, not surprisingly, there was no change in our separate podcasters mini league. So let's move on and take a look at the latest team of the week for game week 26 instead. Uh, Yeah, we do like to keep you up to date with the team of the week. And so here are the best performing players from the uh, game week, which finished on Thursday. This was game week 26. And for the second time this season, there were five, if I got that right, yes, five Burnley players in the team of the week. Um, Although they were helped by the fact that we played twice uh, and once again kept clean sheets in both matches. Uh, both Most other teams play just once, although there were the likes of Watford, Leeds and Spurs were amongst the other teams who had two fixes in the game week. Uh, the team then in a 4-4-2 formation, uh, which would have got you 195 points if, if you'd have had all these players, although you have to bear in mind there are uh, four Liverpool players and five Burnley players. It wouldn't have actually been possible with the limitations. You're only allowed to have three players from one team, but theoretically speaking, it's 195 points points and that team was uh, starting with three Burnley players up, uh, at, at the start we've got Nick Pope in goal uh, we had uh, Ben Mee and also Connor Roberts in defence uh, alongside them also in defence were two Liverpool players Matip and Van Dijk we had uh, two more Liverpool players in midfield Salah and Mane 
Uh, along with them were Zahar of Crystal Palace and also Josh Brownhill. And then up front, we had a, a mighty strike force of uh, Harry Kane and Vout Veghorst. Ah, very, 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 very good. Okay. Right, where are we up to? Dan, I'm getting... Well, just just one thing to add on that as well. Ben Ben Mee's total of 21 points was the highest of any player. Oh, no, actually, it wasn't. It wasn't. He was was just behind. Uh, Salah and Mane were out in front. Ben Mee was the third highest scoring player for game week 26. But it does now mean that he's the second highest scoring Burnley player for the season to date. Although he's still 15 points behind Nick Pope. So we'll see how that pans out in the next few weeks. Good stuff. Well, by the time we get round to recording the Chelsea preview show um, later on in the week, game week 27 will have completed. So we'll be able to give you um, another league table update on Friday when we do the regular Friday preview show. But before we have to get to that point, Dave, we're going to finish off this preview show with another quiz question, aren't we? Let's get um, let's get our listeners something to look forward to. Statman Dave's quiz question. Yes, we do have another quiz question for you, and it relates back to that milestone that uh, Ben Mee reached this week. And the question is, uh, Ben Mee played his 350th league game for Burnley at Crystal Palace. But how many other players who have played for Burnley since Sean Dyche took over as manager have played more than 250 Burnley appearances in total? And can you name them? So Ben Mee played his 350th league game for Burnley at Crystal Palace, but how many other players who have played for Burnley since Sean Dyche took over as manager have made more than 250 Burnley league appearances in total? This can't be a big list. I'm going to have a think about that. While I think about what my answer is going to be, Dave, why don't you let our listeners know what um, how to submit their answers, please? Yeah, usual methods. You can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at no never on Twitter. You can send an email to our dedicated email address we've got for the preview show, which is preview show, which is all one word, at nonenever.net. Or you can also reply to the post of this preview show on either the No Nay Never Facebook page or on YouTube. Good stuff. Um you have to be very quick again to submit your answers, listeners, please, because we are going to be recording our Chelsea preview show later on in the week and we will reveal your correct answers at that point. OK, let's sign off then, Dave. Sorry, I'm having a coughing fit, listeners. I had to put you on mute then for a split second. Um, poor Dave was looking into our camera going, is she OK? Are we losing Natalie? Do I need to somehow send medical aid down through the airwaves? I'm all right, listeners. Do not fret. Just a, a minor coughing fit. Do you know what it is, Dave? I got so wet through at that Spurs game on Wednesday. Didn't care, obviously, for obvious reasons. But I sit in a really stupid place in turf where there's just no cover from the rain, which is... And I keep saying to my dad every year that we need to move, and we never do because it's our seats, right? And I got soaking wet. Me and producer Matt got soaking wet. We're in down to the ground. Got soaking wet through the game. And since then, I've had a cold and a cough. So I think it's true. I think you can catch a cold by getting cold and wet um community news aside from my health what other public service announcements do we need to give our listeners please dave uh well firstly there's nothing 100 percent confirmed as yet but we are hoping to bring you another podcast special during the international break that's towards the end of march uh, but other than that just a regular reminder to bring a tin for the bin on tuesday evening tin for the bin uh, what the kind bin of tins 
Uh, well, the Burnley FC Community Kitchen Food Bank collection points will be positioned around Turf Moor to accept donations of tinned items, other packets of dried food, tea bags, instant coffee, UHT milk and fruit juice, and all donations will be gratefully accepted to help those in Burnley in the most need. Good stuff. Um, that's all we've got time for, I think, then, Dave, isn't it? I think we can leave our lovely listeners there. Uh, my thanks, as ever, go to everybody who has contributed to making the preview show possible, to the Foxes Arms for their opposition view, to Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, to producer Matt, um, who failed to keep me warm and dry on Wednesday, but nevertheless is still our MVP. Um, and, of course, Dave Roberts, who just puts all these stats together and works incredibly hard to bring you the preview show for what it is. Um, last but by no means least, you, the listener, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, the preview show will be back on Friday night looking ahead to uh, that Chelsea game. And the rest of the team will be in the analysis studio probably tomorrow night, uh, actually tomorrow night, now Monday night, um, to look back on Spurs and Crystal Palace. So stay tuned to, to social media. We'll let you know when that's on the way out. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.